Alright, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is uh, a fine December night here on the east coast of the United States. We're bringing you with our, uh, what is it, the fifth episode? Yeah, fifth episode. Fifth episode of The Rising Suns. And uh, we are excited to have, uh, of course, you know, Luke is here. Howdy. And um, we have another guest, uh, another friend of ours who grew up in the same area we did up in Maryland. Uh, Seth, or Setho, as known by some. Thank you. Thank you, boys. I appreciate you having me on. It's good to have you. And, uh, you know. We brought Seth on because tonight's topic is, uh, I think, I know it hits home for him. It hits home for Luke and I, and, uh, you know, probably hits home for uh, a lot of other people out there. It's uh, talking about MMOs a little bit, massively multiplayer online games. But more specifically, we're going to be diving into the phenomena that is RuneScape. Thank you for the introduction there, Wyatt. Thank you. With a short intro on what runescape is so why it said it's a massively multiplayer online uh, video game and that essentially means you have a server area where you have much more people than uh, at the time this is the early 2000s when runescape first came out uh, if you had more than eight people really in the same game that are able to interact with each other is kind of considered massive at the time uh, of course, nowadays now you can look at a lot of the PC games, a lot of your console games, and a lot of those can fit up to I think 64 is the match size for some of the largest regular now, games. You got a, all the battle royale games now. That's like a hundred standard. Yeah, they're 100, oh, 150 even. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, that shows you how far loop I'm out on that stuff. Um, funnily enough, we don't even really consider those massive. Uh, in the sense that these games, a lot of us is server capped at over well over a thousand people. In terms of RuneScape, it's usually two thousand, but uh, other MMOs will have different caps based off of what's going on in the game inside the game, based on the complexity of the code and whatnot that's running the uh, instance. Yeah, I mean, right right now you got you got eighty seven thousand people playing old school RuneScape online. You know, split amongst the worlds. Yep. Yeah, that's a lot of freaking people. So it's it's just to give you guys a picture of just the sheer number of folks that are playing all at once, and you can interact with quite a number of them if if you know how to find them and where in the world. Uh, so that's getting over kind of the setting of of what we're talking about for today's kind of video game topic. Now. Why why RuneScape? Why did we settle this as an MMO, not like World at Warcraft or EverQuest? Because those are some other PC games that were available at the time and, and still popular then. And a few of them are still popular now with like World of Warcraft. Um, I'd say the biggest thing for the three of us here was it was browser based and you didn't have to actually install anything to play so it was available on any computer you could find and if you had access to an internet browser you could play runescape yeah and i really think it just kind of hit our age group 
at the right time because um you know the three of us we were we were a little young for the original mmos that were really big which you know that's like ultima online and um you know everquest and uh there's some other ones too i think dark age of camelot but a lot of those they were out a little bit before or around the same time as runescape however you know they were geared towards a slightly older audience so you know people probably about five to seven years older than we are so however you know the age we were at runescape was was there and it was uh definitely marketed a lot more towards you know a younger audience um and that's just you know how it uh happened and i think that's kind of how I'll, i think that's really where a core population of the game's current or a core section of the game's population is just from people who grew up with the game and uh because that's what was in front of us at the time you know like the first time me and luke were exposed to it was probably off of the website uh mini clip you know which was just a, a site yeah. for flash games you know which that's a whole, we can do a whole episode on flash games and flash animations but you know when you're on a site like that playing those kinds of games and then all of a sudden you see this little blurb for this game called runescape medieval fantasy adventure you're like wow this looks pretty this looks like a pretty cool flash game and then you realize it's just this whole really deep rabbit hole that you know you don't even know you've walked into until you're probably a quarter of the way into it you know yeah exactly um i remember hearing about it first when i was at i think like elementary school at like lunchtime you know kids were talking about playing world of warcraft was you know the big thing and but with with that, you know, you had to have you had to buy the game, and you had to have a computer that you could, you know, put the disc in, download, yeah. and it had to be, you know, modern enough to run it. Where, you know, we didn't. My family growing up, we just had, you know, some old shit ass window mm-hmm. PC, you know, and so you know, RuneScape was <laughs> exactly right, you know, which was probably what most people, you know, had at the time. Exactly. And so, you know, RuneScape, you know, being the alternative to that, the same, you know, style of gameplay, you know, Dungeons, Dragons, and all that, you know, great stuff, but, you know, completely free and easily accessible. All you had would need was internet, internet connection, and boom, you know, you're on there, so. Exactly. I'm definitely guilty of playing it at the library when I was supposed to be reading for school. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for exactly. sure. I mean, and, so you know, and you know, we'll probably get to this later on, but regrettably so, I wish I would have gotten back into old school when I was still in high school at the end of the time because, gosh, you know, our senior year, I remember kids telling me they were playing old school, you know, in physics and all this stuff in the computer labs at high school. What a time to be alive. Um, but it's, I think the it's, price, it's, too, was a big selling point for a large, younger population. What you mean the price tag of free? Well, yeah, yeah, it is free. You know, there is the free game, but then you know you have members, membership, which you know I remember being really young before that was even a possibility in my because back then too, like you know, parents 
rightfully so, were very um, hesitant about, you know, putting their credit card on the internet, you know? So it what? took a lot of... No, uh... no one's going to steal that information from you. Yeah, yeah that's actually hilarious that. to say because going before go, even going into this conversation, I never even thought about that, but that's 100% the case. Like, I remember finally, you know, after playing for six months or so and getting a few levels on my account and then realizing, hey, wait a minute, you know, membership offers a lot more for me to be able to do on this game. And it's really affordable, you know, and you had a couple hours a month. But the only way to access it is through online payments, which at the time is kind of weird. You know, nowadays, you know, gosh, you, you pay for just about, about you pay for just about everything, you know, virtually or digitally without question or second thought. You know, cash yeah. is a almost like unheard of. You know, but back then, you know, mom, I need a play this online video game it's eight dollars a month you know can i have your credit card what on earth are you talking about we're gonna get scammed and hacked and you know all this yeah that's the best way to get the membership deal you (laughs) actually could pay by phone or pay by mail that actually was available i think one time luke we there was finally an option where we can do like it was like a direct deposit payment and you had to pay for the whole year at once, so it was sixty dollars. And we were able to convince mom to, you know, that's she's like, okay, like you know, you give me sixty dollars <laughs> of your allowance, and I'll pay for this. You know, it's less sketchy than my credit card because you know she didn't want a reoccurring payment, which you know I completely understand. I get that. Which another thing, too, is like that's a, a lot of these other MMOs that I was uh, mentioning, like, WoW and Evercrest, and even Ultima had, like, a $15 reoccurring payment. And for, you know, a young, like, kid in elementary school, like, $15 every month, that's, like, completely, like... Whole month's allowance, man. Unheard of. Like, where am I going to get $15 every month, you know? After three months of that, I can get a whole new game. Exactly. And uh, I, I, what I thought was interesting is you guys are right that we played. You guys played in elementary school. I played in middle school just because of my age gap difference. Um, but I remember why it was like the coolest thing when we just started in like 2005. And then oh going gosh. into 2006, they had the construction skill release. Yes. So. Well, uh, before we kind of move into that, to let the audience know, the, the main premise of the game is there's a lot of different activities you can do. You can go mining, so you need to mine ore in order to make your metals. Then there's a smithing skill to make something out of the metals that you smelt. There's a cooking skill. Um, there's a fishing skill. There's really a lot of skills that either make your character able to make himself self-sufficient to interact with the world, uh, get things to trade with other players or to make them better in self-preservation. So a lot of combat skills and things you would expect from kind of the video game sense. And I think the biggest draw that continues then and then into today is you can really set your own goal list and everyone has their own to-do list that they want to complete but everyone's having a good time because really the the list can be endless on what you want to do to accomplish on a weekly basis on a daily basis 
and you never sure. feel like you're running out of things. Because not only, and then not only were these were there all these skills to train, there were also the quests. And um, you know, quests is a pretty you know broad term in the video game industry. It can really mean a bunch of different things, especially even in the MMO RPG realm, because um, at the time when you thought of questing in MMOs, you know, most of the time you thought, oh, NPC tells me to go kill X of this monster or go, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, pretty, I mean, there, I'm not going to say there wasn't good writing in other video games, but I don't think the writing might've been the forefront of the quests as more of, um, and even some older MMOs didn't even have quests. It was just, you just went out and you just grinded and you just, you know, did what you wanted. But I think RuneScape definitely stands out in that their quests are written in a way that's, you know, it's not just about doing some mundane task over and over. Like, there's even from the first couple quests, you know, where you're just doing some really easy stuff like gathering materials to cook a cake all the way to the the crazy extravagant quests you have now where you're killing these like super powered dragons and stuff like god definitely put a lot of time into the writing you know and it's no yeah for sure i mean yeah. it's you know comparable to like a first person or like an open world video game in a sense of that like you know, you can dive in onto character development and, you know, more lure into the world of Gilnor within the characters and stuff like that, you know. And, um, you know, while progressing your own character through the game, you find out more about the world around you. And oh, yeah. uh, my one of my favorite things about the quest, too, is, you know, the mundane task of this and that is whatever. But the if you actually listen to the dialogue that the characters have, it's actually hilarious. There's a really good sense of humor within oh, yeah. the whole entire game. It's our British say, humor. I didn't appreciate that as a kid because I didn't get it. Exactly. You know? Yeah, me neither. Wow. When we were kids. And, and, and going, back, going back and playing within old school and redoing the quest, you realize how hilarious some of the voice lines the characters have are. And the, the humor is there. Yeah, you know, as a kid, you didn't realize that you just smashed the space bar to get through it. But yeah. if you actually pay attention, it's yeah, it's a, they're pretty funny. And the game, the game's not afraid to break the fourth wall either. Oh, for sure, yeah, which is great, you know. And that adds a little bit of charm to the game. And adding that, it's it's funny because I I have the uh, they released a 20th anniversary book that kind of goes over the history of of RuneScape. And that's one of the things they keyed on was, is how are we going to separate ourselves from the other MMOs? And they're like, well, none of them are really that funny. So we can focus on entertaining the people that are playing the game. And um, for the first few years, I think the design philosophy was, what's a goofy scenario that you can put your character through? Um, They actually didn't really start doing the world building in a sense until i think later on like around 2008 2009 that's when they started to put some i guess meat on the bones because you, you had general background stuff of what happened in the game world um certain major characters had some background on them 
but nothing was really interconnected. Everything was kind of isolated and what happened. Because there spot. were. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but. No, yeah. There were like definitely. There were different storylines and like certain quests linked into each other, but like you said, there there wasn't that like overarching, you know, Gilinor struggle, which I think they really kind of brought back. Like you said, around that time when they kind of started bringing back, like the God War stuff, is yep. when they really started to tie everything together. Yeah, and sadly, maybe it's a good thing for my time, but at really after middle school and kind of when they were starting to get more of the development underway from 2009 up to 2011, from what I recall, um, I just drifted away just because time got in the way, you know, getting getting school stuff kind of done first and whatnot, getting ready for college. And between all our other hobbies, I'm like, I I guess I'll put this on the back burner. But I I never left because I was bored of RuneScape. It's always, gosh, it sometimes it's described like a heroin addiction because... It's I, always there. RuneScape is always there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it, always it, there. It, it, it's always it, calling it, it, to you. It's, it's a great like, way of putting it. I mean, you know, like it's at the forefront of your life for a good portion of time until something different, you know, comes in replaces it. But it's always in the back of your mind and it's always there and you'll always fall back on it. You know, at some point in time, whether it be a month or six months, at some point, you're going to get back into it. You're going to get right back into the same sense of, God, why did I ever stop playing this game? It's so great. And, and it's a, it's one of the, you know, it's one of the best things about it. And, and frankly, it's remarkable because think about it. What what other thing has lasted for over 20 years in the video game world that hasn't either disappeared or dramatically changed into something that's just leading their audience overwatch and <laughs> it still has a stable community on top of that so it's it's pretty impressive in terms of uh just the i guess cultural significance of it uh, yeah i mean well there's so much to do within the game it takes you know a ridiculous amount of time to be able to you know maximize any single skill let alone everything on you know on top of all the possible skills there are to train plus the amount of content that you continue to add so it's just an endless amount of you know game to play it's just how much time are you willing to dedicate to it yeah that's the ticket now do, do you guys remember uh one of the things i do credit runescape with is actually kind of teaching you not to trust people online oh my gosh yes high incidence of for the audience to know uh in the early stages of the game you could trade with somebody and there wasn't any restrictions on what they could give you and well now it's like that now right even in runescape theory um because they i believe so i believe they reverted limited free trade what was that yeah. 2010 well, or something? And then they brought on it back. old school, at least currently in old school, there's no limit to any type of trade. There's just the, the, the double window. So you have to hit accept twice through two pages. Yeah. Ah, okay. Okay. That's good. They added that in. 
Um, so, you know, you can't accidentally click. Yeah, you can't accidentally single click a trade. Yeah. Yeah, because a common thing that would happen was you'd get some really cool stuff, you know, a really rare item or a really flashy item or whatnot, right? And you're like, oh, man, I'm getting a really good deal because, uh, you know, as you say, give me 10,000 gold coins for something that's maybe worth 100,000. And what was common to happen is right before the trade finished, you, you hit accept, wow. they would drop it out. Uh, they take it out of their what we would put into the trading window. And whoops, you just gave them all your money and you got nothing or maybe a piece of bread. Uh, <laughs> or like, you know, instead of... Uh a higher level weapon you got like a lower level because especially back in the early days the the different tiers of weapons were uh very similar looking you know just a lot of recolors and so it was kind of easy to pull some stuff like that as well like you know there were all sorts of things that people did back then where you know <laughs> it's kind of messed up but it just there's just a uh a decent size group of people who just they just were scam people whether it would be through saying they they can do things that aren't possible in the game but like you know tricking new players like uh like a common joke now is a uh, uh, trimming armor right cuz um when you first log into the game you know you'll probably see in these crowded areas that you know people are wearing the same kind of armor that you have, but you know, it has a weird little trim around it. And you're just like, Oh wow, that's really cool. Like, how do I get that? You know? And obviously some people are going to be like, Oh, well here I can trim it for you. You just give me your armor and some money and I'll go take it to the place to get trimmed. And then, in, you know, you'll learn later on that, Oh, it's actually a reward from this, you know, other game activity, but that's not super well known to, you know, new players. So definitely, like Luke said, it gave children exposure to uh, good cybersecurity practices. <laughs> if anything. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, in an open world marketplace, you know, you don't know who to trust. <laughs> Anybody can can tell you anything. Literally, if you find a guy on the street, don't just following him into that back alley. Or yeah, it's double, uh, double, in the doubling, doubling, doubling GP. Doubling GP. <laughs> oh, dude, I got this really awesome training area. I got to find you, but we got to walk through the wilderness. So follow me. <laughs> best gear, of course. Yeah, you got to put your best gear on. So to, to the uh, audience here, the wilderness is an area in the game where it pulls off the restrictions to allow you to attack other players. Because in most parts of the game, you can only do what's PvP, player versus player combat, uh, in certain restricted areas, like for dueling and whatnot. But in the wilderness, it was this large, no-holds-barred free-for-all. If you were in that area, anyone could pick a fight with you. So, um, another kind of scam would be they, they lure you in there and then this guy and his buddies would virtually mug your character <laughs> <laughs> because in other parts of the game, when you would die, um, you would retain some of your stuff. Uh, there was a penalty for dying, but if you can get to the area where you die in the world quick enough, you can pick your stuff back up. Whereas in the wilderness, 
if you died, you dropped everything you're holding. So people would loot all your good stuff. That's why they'd say, you know, bring your really best quality stuff because uh, we quote unquote need that to get the really cool area we're at. So. Yeah, and just to add to the level of excitement, it wasn't just a, hey, I want to go out here and stand around and risk my stuff. You know, there's plenty of content within the game that's only accessible through the wilderness. So if there's there's things you want and you want to accomplish within the game, you, you're at some point going to have to travel through the wilderness. Yep. Yeah, because a lot of the really best drops that happen are from certain monsters up there. And I, I can actually can attest to this when I played recently a couple of years ago um there's kind of like with the new battle passes that they do with the game industry nowadays where you have a time frame to do certain things you get certain items back before the clocks end um i had a task to run the agility course that was up in the very northern part of the wilderness and i'm going to tell you man it was usually pretty dead because I would make sure to go to a server that wasn't very populated because this is also on an account that's a hardcore Iron Man. So oh. you only get so many lives before you, you lose the status and kind of get bumped down to the lower one. But trying to climb the leaderboards, it's not trying not to die. And I ran into, I think, a total of three people because I had to complete like 100 laps in that course. Two of them, they were there as well. They were just doing the course. We were talking and whatnot. And I'll uh, touch on the topic later, but it's really crazy. What? It was like an uneasy conversation. (laughs) Um, It was at first, but after like a few minutes of talking, it's, I'm going to tell you, RuneScape dude is like. These guys are cool. These guys aren't going to get me. It's it's almost like (laughs) these guys aren't going to get me. They probably (laughs) had to feel you out too, you know? Oh yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's um, scary stuff. It's like, I guess trying to be like in the gold rush kind of thing. You're trying to find a certain thing and. Hope to God someone's like just gonna kill you and take your stuff while you're both trying to get make get rich. Um, but I had one guy, uh, he popped up in the middle of the course because there's people that will go from server to server, and when you server hop, you will appear in the same location on the map you're at. But you'll um, when you move to servers, depending on who's on that server, you might not see other people in that same area. So to try and catch people unaware instead of coming through the gate that this agility course is on, um, they would go into the middle of it on, say, like World 1, and then you hop over to World 2. And then they basically just, like, teleport in the middle of... Yeah. Yeah, it's really scary because your heart's really pumping. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. Because first, I didn't want to lose anything, so I wasn't really wearing much armor. And without much armor, you'd you're likely to get really hit and hit really hard by the people that like to be in the wilderness. Um, And what makes it doubly dangerous is you can't teleport away like most of the other parts of the world. Um, Because that, of course, is like, I think, wilderness level 62 or something. And it's only 30 or below that you can do a quick teleport to get out of there. So I had to run all the way out away and get like, two-thirds of the wilderness away from this guy he was he was dude he was he was pissed he actually started private messaging me that i got away he was not happy my gosh and it's like dude i wasn't even carrying anything i was there to use the course man get over yourself well yeah i mean you know it's not like there's toxic people on this game or anything right guys (laughs) yeah not a single 
Only the most polite, you know, decent human beings are engaging in this online role-playing experience. So I I think that is something we've kind of lost because can you remember being in an Xbox Live lobby for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 and just how salty some folks get? Um, oh, yeah. I, I think it really helps to develop a a thick skin on you know words really aren't that big of a deal you shouldn't get worked up over it um especially since a lot of people will join in and kind of nag on each other uh, as part of the uh just the general goofing around so um i think we've made online interactions really sterile because we think that saying a mean thing will like shatter someone's psyche and i think it's sad that we grew up with God knows, probably was like an older teenager, but he was saying really mean things to us about our mom. <laughs> <laughs> or the fact that he said he kept, I'll, I did your mom last night. And we're like, what? Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means, dude. Hey, can you trim my armor? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of logged off of RuneScape um shortly after going to college i think that's like 2012 2013 um but that's when the combat evolution or evolution of combat happened um and this folks is like kind of where we changed versions of runescape and it really caused the first major split because they didn't really pull the overall player base on why they would like that because to the developer who's been running the game, managing it, Jagex, they needed to update the formula a little bit to kind of catch up to the other MMOs. Because uh, mainly because of World of Warcraft, it made MMOs like surge in popularity. Um, that Jagex is worried that the kind of stagnant playstyle, it's it's not really too complicated. A lot of it's just point and click. And you'll get the activity done. There's some other inputs you can do to change up how that combat is going. Um, but they wanted to add in macro bars. Where you have to press certain buttons on your keyboard to have abilities go off to kind of liven it up a little bit. And Which, they... oh, I'm sorry. No, oh, yeah, I, I was just going to say they did oh. do a closed beta where people were receptive to it, but they didn't really let anyone else know that they were even thinking about doing that until well, like I think two weeks before release and people are like, what? <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I think it's interesting that they thought that when in reality, you know, just because at face value, the combat was, uh, like you said, kind of, you know, point click weight, you know? Yeah. At, that's really what it is at, at, you know, absolute face value. However, it doesn't take, once you get to the higher level content of the game, I really think the game, or at least, you know, the old school formula gets really technical in its own way. Yeah, granted, you know, you don't have an action bar and you don't have all these like crazy different abilities, but there is a lot more interaction with like, you know, bringing different loadouts and items and, you know, switching between loadouts and, you know, using potions and prayer. And I think, Seth can kind of talk a lot better on this than I can, because I know he he has definitely 
a lot more experience on the old school side, but you know, it's definitely it, at face value, it looks simple, but it definitely, once you start kind of digging into the mechanics, it definitely starts to get the, the complexity is there. Oh, for sure. I mean, if I, I, when, when the evolution of combat change occurred, it really deterred me as a player. I, I tried it. I was like, this is way different. Like, whoa, this is doesn't even feel like the same type of game any longer. So I didn't really ever follow through with it too much and learn it and play it. But going back to the simplicity of the old school combat system, which, you know, you know, anybody that's played it for a few minutes here or there thinks, oh, you know, you click a monster and you attack it and that's what it is, which, you know, at some points that that is all it is. But exactly what you're saying, when you get into the end of the game content, higher level content, it becomes much, much more complex than just click and point. You know, you, like you said, there's lots of timing with bosses' attacks and prayers and equipment flips and potion uses. You know, almost, it's, you know, a first person shear is more simplistic with the find the enemy, shoot them, and keep moving forward. Whereas some of the high tier content in RuneScape is immensely complex when you get down to the basis of it. And I think the biggest problem that they ran into is they forgot what their audience liked. Um, it was it was kind of the issue where you're seeing today with a lot of uh, businesses and products of them telling the consumers and what they want instead of understanding, no, I'm I'm here because of what you've been offering the past few years, not because you should make something I don't want and tell me, well, you're an idiot if you don't want that. And yeah, which great- is what I. I think they really did a good job at reversing that error. They they really realized they messed up with the whole evolution of combat. They lost over 50% of their player bases and they were hurting from that and they realized, hey, we messed up. So I think uh, Old School Server 2007 was actually unintentionally discovered when they were cleaning out like somebody's office at the old oh, Jagex wow. building. And uh, some guy was like, hey, you know, this is a 2000 server backup version of the game in case things ever went you know down and we had to restart everything how cool would it be to resume the old play style you know back before evolution of combat when the game was probably at its peak popularity and create us an entire separate server for all these players that left or want to revert back to the old game style and this time we're going to you know do it right and which is one of the most I think one of the neatest things about the old school community is with the poll system, how anytime they want to implement any, any type of change whatsoever, whether it be new content or just simple changes to existing content, it has to pass a a vote of over 66% of the pop, you know, the player population voting. Yes, we want this change, which is awesome because it allows the community, (laughs) unless it's quite budget, (laughs) but it, it, it allows the player base to kind of have say over, what kind of changes occur within the game to keep things from drastically changing again like they did you know and it and it it keeps the game kind of where the players want it to be and and to, oh, oh sorry and i just wanted to make a quick comment and it's also great too that they you know were able to keep their their main game as well you know rs3 and they're able to keep that one going and i really think it was a smart business move to you know, why run one game for one group of people and said, we can just have two. And that way we're accessing two audiences. And 
some of those audiences might even want to play both. And you know what? Let's give them access to both. So I think that was a pretty good, pretty good move on their part. And something you know, in the modern game industry, good moves do not seem to be as common as as you think they would be. Few and far in between. Because some, a lot of things that are good moves for the customers doesn't mean it's a good move for your quarterly reports. <laughs> um, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, though. Uh, it's, it's impressive to see them maintain really two versions of the game. The main one that they continue to develop and add to and kind of meet their vision, what they want. And then the old school version, which is 100% run by the community, which I think is unique in the industry overall. I, I don't know of any other game where the developers ask the community of, hey, can we change this or add this? Yeah. Now, it's funny you say that, and it's crazy, and it's it's a little sad because I think a lot of old school players, not not all of them, but I think a sizable amount have, they've almost gotten spoiled. And, you know, they don't realize that even having any input in the game at all is... Um, you know special special so and they become to expect it and now you know you have a a segment in the community where like if any one little thing does not go how they think it should go and if their game isn't how exactly they want it to be i definitely think the old school community is one of the most um you know uh what's the right word uh I know you're not it's extra not privileged, uh out outrageous maybe or uh entitled. entitled entitled that's the word yeah that's a good word and 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 like I said I you know I probably think it is a loud minority but I think that loud minority is a little larger in the old school community than a lot of other games and I mean it's honestly kind of funny just to see how like uh wrapped up some of these people are into the game which you know like with anything it shows you that everything is is good in moderation but you know it's it can be a slippery slope for some people you know so yeah like why would you goofballs downvote a new skill to help make magic armor huh yeah i don't know seth uh like like uh, what'd you think about you know like uh, the new skill pulls well, I mean, I guess, I don't know. It's it's tough because it's like, you know, if you want to keep the game original to how it is, this is the skills you have, that's all you have. You can add content all you want, but eventually, you know, people get tired of stuff. So I feel like adding a new skill is eventually going to inevitably have to happen. So at some point, people are just going to have to say yes or no to that because... You think about, you know, there, right now there's 87,000 people online. Probably 60,000 to sixty to 70,000 of these people have been playing since since the game came out. And yeah. their accounts are maxed, and there's only so much more for them to do. As much as, as big as the game is, you know, they need, they need to keep people interested. So at some point, a new skill is going to have to come. And I'd rather see a new skill come before they change anything else drastically within the game you know like 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 they did with the evolution of combat yeah so like changing your core systems and how you really interact with everything um 
to your point though to to keep things kind of new and refreshing or fresh they have started the what's called the league system i think since yeah which is uh, awesome i think it's extremely extremely cool because it kind of allows you to like re refresh yourself within the same game you know you continue to build your skill set but now i'm going to create a new account and replay through things but with you know obviously each each league series having like Ex- extremely expedited progress within the game so that you're not you know you're not just wasting your time and then the cool thing on that is competing with other people to see you know who can play the game more efficiently and then giving you you know cosmetic and other mo- minimal rewards within the original game so you know you can you can boast saying hey look i was able to you know be rather to rather successful within the minigame league series and now i have this cool cosmetic for my original character within the regular game but yet it's not giving anyone like a crazy advantage either yeah so it doesn't penalize players for not you know people that do not want you know people that are still you know making progress on their regular account that don't want to stop that you know aren't penalized for that for sure yeah i think that's really a good way to hold these time limited events um because the sad thing with other stuff in the industry in general uh you get a lot of it's pay to win and if you don't participate in the season either like a like a big thing that's uh pretty popular and that would fall into this is uh war thunder you know you can only get certain tanks in that certain time frame and then it's locked away for usually quite a while before it comes back as a refresh or they put it on the store and um, sometimes those those things are really overpowered and unbalanced, and eventually they get patched. But I feel um, anytime you can incentivize people to kind of show off the prestige that they, you know, I, I completed this challenge, this event, and you know, I was a participant, and the event itself is what's fun to do. Um, I think that's the best way to go about it because you don't really lose much without participating, but if you participate, you get a lot of cool um stories to really go with it and uh you know people ask you about oh where'd you get that cosmetic from it's fun to talk about how that went and i feel like with the new league series um it's it's kind of like high octane accounting because uh i know there's a lot of planning that goes on on the routes on where you want to hit certain things to level up certain skills so you can move on to the next thing right away and it's all about like you said that efficiency on trying to do that yeah, the cool thing with that too is, and it's probably one of the things that makes MMOs or at least RuneScape, you know, unique from other video games. You know, you have on like Call of Duty and Overwatch, you have a handful of streamers that are probably like the best, you know, the best at the game. And a lot of people follow them and a lot of people watch them. And it goes the same to say for RuneScape, you have a handful of, but the difference is there's been like five to 10 people that have for years now been the best at RuneScape. 10 to 10 to 15 players that have always been the top of the game no matter what you know within old school rs3 everything and the the cool thing this another cool thing to see within the leagues is like watching the top players you know compete to see who can who can progress the quickest and they all have different completely different you know approaches to how to do that or you got folks like the uh 
I can't remember his channel name, but he named his character Swampletics to do a hardcore. Um, yeah. That's some and, good uh, content right there. Ultimate Iron Man in the one section of the game, which is a heck of a like saga to, a tough, to watch. It's a tough section. Not a lot of uh, you know natural resources and stuff. But um, Swampletics, just go, just go look that up. Yeah, you'll <laughs> you'll thank us later after you watch ten hours of that. Yeah, or, another one I don't too. know if you guys have heard too. I don't know. I think it's Suparis. Have you heard of him? He has something called the Gilnor Games. Have you heard of that? Oh no, sounds. There's. It's so funny. It's literally like Survivor for the top twenty best RuneScape players of the game. Oh, and wow. he creates challenges, and they they're paired up with you know randomly paired up, and there there are all kinds of different challenges that go from PVPing to who can complete this quest the fastest. You know, and it's 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 really entertaining to watch. Awesome. And what's really cool about these kind of these big community events um, and the kind of the notoriety that comes out from them is I, I do think the developers are paying attention because they definitely take things of what really interests people and they implement those into the game in some form or fashion. Um, and in particular, I'm referring to is the Iron Man accounts where what what that means is is a lot of people have made the self-imposed challenge uh, early in the day to see how far they can get without interacting with another player. So they only needed to do everything on their own. Um, if you needed certain armor, instead of going to trade for someone, either get it off a monster, or you have to make it from scratch. And that was such a popular format that that actually brought me back in middle college to try that out. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of just the extra challenge, but now it's kind of validated because you make an account for that. And then whenever you, you don't really want to do that anymore, you want to get more of the social aspect of the game, you can always change your account. Um, there's just no takesy-backsies, though. It's just a one-way modification. Because um, for me, in general, uh, games have always been more of a kind of small group uh, activity. I've always had a few handful of friends I would play with. Um, but I felt like with MMOs, if you didn't have like a really big group, like a clan or something like that, um, I don't know. It, I, I never got as much out of it. So that's why I've always hopped on and off of RuneScape. But I've never really been interested in any other big ones because, like I said, man, it's just RuneScape's kind of like that heroin addiction you can't ever really fully get over. <laughs> um, the running joke in the community is you're never. A player never really quits. He's just AFK or away from the keyboard. <laughs> so, um, let's see here. Yeah, so we've talked about our experiences where we've been. One thing I wanted I wanted to just talk about. This is something that the games always had a problem with. They've been better in recent years, but it, it was a big issue really even during our time and then going into kind of 2011, 2012, I think is the issue of bots. Hey, now be uh, careful. You know, Craig's in the chat, so we don't want to... We don't want to offend Craig. Yeah, he might oh. stop recording. <laughs> so bots are an automated player account. Uh, there's a lot of folks that still do and did back in the day and still do now where they use macros to kind of get around some of the tedious parts of the game. Uh, understandable. Some stuff can be a really long grind and whatnot, 
But a biggest issue that the company Jagex has with that is with how the game functions, it's it's a player run economy. So as much things that are readily available is basically generated by people playing in the game. And when you set a macro or a program script to go and have it do an action without a person behind the keyboard, it causes an inflation on a lot of different items. So and not only that too, but it um it can clog up, you know, our our resource nodes. Yeah, yeah, and it it becomes a detriment to other people playing because there's only there can only be so many players at a certain area, um, based off of the output from those resource nodes. So it, I mean, it it got to the extent of I remember at one point while I was building my account up on old school, there was a amazing monster you could easily you know AFK, which is the brood of black dragons, and there were so many accounts that were botting them that they actually put in an in-game requirement, you know, for a massive slayer level of like 72 to be able to even fight the monster, which, you know, is hours and hours and hours of in-game progress to, to meet that requirement solely because of the bots abusing that. So it's almost like, you know, like everyone else, like, you know, the people just actually trying to play, everyone gets punished for exactly. The actual, you know, the oh, bots, yeah, the, the Venezuelan bots. <laughs> yeah, or, or fundamentally changing things. Like at one point in the game, they took away the free player trading, um, and you couldn't trade with other players unless you're within a certain value cap, as well as taking away the experience in the wilderness. They, I think, they shut down the wilderness for like a year and a half or so. Yeah, yeah. Limited and app. how that links to botting is that so there's there's two big no-nos in the eyes of Jagex and you know we started talking about one of them and that's botting but the other one that we were have been alluding to is real world trading so basically what this is is this is exchanging in-game currency or GP or gold pieces for you know real life money or currency so this has always been against the rules because, you know, as far as uh, Jagex is concerned, you know, they want people to play their game as they intended it. And they intended, it, you know, to, you know, players should be rewarded for, you know, what they do in the game and what activities they do for their character, not just how big their, their real-life wallet happens to be. But just because something's against the rules doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> right, no, I, and I, I didn't want to cut you off, but a lot of it comes down to just the company's bottom line, right? You know, your, your player retention and the fact that how you generate funds for this game has always been a subscription service. And if you're kind of skipping around a lot of the end game content by just paying a guy a hundred bucks to get stuff, um, it, that's that's a lot of money that they don't see. Uh, have they always handled their solutions well, especially how it kind of like you guys said, it's everyone's treated as a nail with a hammer of trying to get rid of the bots. Um, no, but I, I think like it's it's kind of just something people doing it to it ruins it for everybody. Uh, fortunately, um, in the early 2010s, they finally teamed up with a few, I think, security programmers and former botters, <laughs> yeah, former <laughs> botters, probably. 
uh, best best uh, protection against hackers are other hackers. And they were able to deploy scripts and code that basically find the macros, the computer macros people load onto their accounts and uh, say, oh, nope, you're not supposed to use that. We got, we got your script on hand and you're using exactly this, so you're out of here. And to be fair to people, they still gave a three-strike system. So you weren't automatically kicked out of your account forever. You were given a warning saying, hey, we caught you doing this. You need to stop, all right? Um, but of course, if you kept doing that, you're you're gonna eventually get banned. So but uh it's, it's just interesting to see how like you said why it's it's against the rules. Scamming people is also against the rules, but people are gonna still try and do that to uh you know work around the system, try to get a leg up. But I uh I guess I appreciate another, growing oh, up I'm with RuneScape. Oh, same. Same here. Definitely a really cool experience to have. And it's definitely, you know, a little piece of my childhood. And, you know, I I still come back to it um, today, you know, just earlier today. Uh, I kind of was playing with Seth and getting getting back into old school. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see how. uh how much I get into it recently, I don't know. It's it's yeah, it's one of those things. One of the cool yeah. things about the game. It's dangerous. You can, you can always hop back in and out of it, you know, with your progress being meaningful. Unlike a lot of other video games that have a one to one and a half year life cycle, and then everything you've done within that game is useless because there's a new version of it out. You can hop on RuneScape, make some progress, and you know, not touch it for eight months, and then come back, and everything you did still there and relevant within the game as long as you remember your password <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I, I so to everyone here the original accounts didn't even require a email to set up you can just create your account and you hope to god you remember your information uh because old after, internet i think the tail end of college when i want to go back I, I actually forgot my account information and i never set it up with an email for recovery so that's why i made a, a new account from scratch with the iron man um, but nowadays you don't really have to worry about that because it's it's part and parcel of the account. So if you forget your password like anything else, they'll just they'll just send you a reset link. So, but yeah, that, that overarching um, progress that never goes away is is definitely a nice feature that you just don't have in anything else because it just doesn't have the standing power anymore. For sure. And uh, two things we've talked about on this podcast, you know, we originally talked about, you know, the price of membership and then also real world trading. And I think a a cool thing to close on was uh, the neat idea that JGX had to kind of take those two things and put a spin on them. And I think that is their bond system. Um, I yeah, know think he it... uses bonds, so he can probably I... go into that. Well, I think in addition to the bond system was also implemented as an anti-bot method where you had a lot of accounts, you know, with pre-programmed macros and stuff to solely abuse one one method within the game to create gold coins in a sense, right? And so these accounts were making, you know, millions or thousands of gold coins per hour, but they're automated and they can run for 24-7 you know seven days a week and they're making all these gold coins and these 
then third-party companies are selling gold coins for real-life currency to players so they can buy items within the game. And Jagex decides, you know, we can only implement so many counter methods to stop the accounts from botting. But at the end of the day, there's so many ways to abuse the game mechanics that it's pretty much impossible for them to stop it at all. So let's just go ahead and sell gold coins directly to our player customer player bases, which is when they implement the bond system so that you can buy old school RuneScape bond for, I think it's $6.99 for one bond. And then that bond can then be sold within game for X amount, which varies, which is a part that we haven't really even talked about too, too much within the RuneScape, which is the fact that it's an entire player-based economic system. Oh my gosh. And yeah. the value of items fluctuate just like a stock market does in the real world. I'm at its finest. And um, <laughs> so the bond is just like an item within a stock, you know, it is going to wax and wane based off how many people are buying it at the time and what's going on within the world and the community. So you could buy a bond for seven ninety nine and exchange it for what's a you know five million gold pieces within the game, which is awesome. And then backwards compatibly, you know, where like why I was saying, I've you know been able to make a significant amount of money on my account now with high level skilling to the point that I can just buy bonds on the grand exchange and and then exchange that for fourteen days worth of membership. Which is awesome. So I don't actually have to spend any, you know, my real life money to benefit from the membership portion of the game. Exactly. It's like it's like a symbiotic relationship between people who want to buy currency, in game currency. They are funding the people generating the currency in game to continue to keep playing. So yeah. It's a pretty interesting, like, uh, circle, I guess, you know, like, you know, there, because there's always going to be people who just want to buy the easy solution and like, oh, I just want to buy more money, right? So why not utilize those people to at least um, support your 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 yeah. core audience, you know? Yeah, exactly, because before, before Jagex was selling the bonds... Then you know Bob six nine eight was going to just go ahead and go to the RuneScapeGold.com and spend one hundred fifty dollars on you know fifty million dollars through a random guy that comes on his world and trades in that. So Jagex says we can only, we 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 can't stop this from happening. So we might as well be the ones selling you the gold, right? So I definitely think that was a very and, and I it, don't and know any other helps. game to do that. Really? It helps stabilize the economy, in a sense, and and it's cool because the game, the game's economy is still controlled by the player basis. Like when new content comes out, items drastically change in value. Exactly, because like, don't certain items like shoot up in value because they happen to be super useful, and then other items. Exactly, like yeah, with the with the most recent updates, the raids. The, you know the highest tier bossing content when it comes out it's like okay everybody's got to figure out what's what's the most effective way to complete this raid well hey i need this item i need this weapon i need this piece of armor so now these weapons and items and of armor become drastically more valuable which then changes the entire system within the game so all these other people are going to say hey let's go let's go slay the monster let's go fight the boss that drops these items because now everybody 
wants this thing you know before this was not a desired item but now it's the best in slot for this boss so everybody wants it and it was worth 40 million gp beforehand but now people are paying me 100 million gp for it so it kind of keeps the it kind of keeps you on your heels and kind of keeps players able to jump around within the content within the game to make money and progress for sure oh my gosh well, the waltz down memory lane, huh? Which is awesome because you know, it, it, nothing against. Uh, like I play, you know, I play Overwatch probably just as much as I play RuneScape, and first-person shooters are fun game types. But there's, it's just a whole different level of gaming. Oh, for sure, for sure, and it's unfortunate that uh, we only have so much time to talk. <laughs> I think, you know, the three of us could probably go on for another couple hours, but I don't think people would uh <laughs> stick around. I'd be impressed if uh if if they're listening yeah. now. So So but. so in light of in light of continuing uh the podcast, we we encourage you guys to create an account and and go go get through tutorial island. <laughs> yeah, and don't blame us for any failed classes or lost jobs or destroyed relationships you know we do not take responsibility for any of that but you definitely go try yeah, it, it was it was a conscious decision for you to create a runescape account we just highly encouraged it yeah. we will exactly. know we're not being paid by jagex to advertise no i wish i was <laughs> i i would I'm, I'm not even gonna say that i mean it would be sick if i was but we're not so that's how you know i'm not lying <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe I, after I, a year i've, I've I've been having to uh, continuously click the entire time during this podcast to train Slayer while we've been doing this. <laughs> a true runescaper. A true, a true runescaper <laughs> on this podcast. And uh, uh, we've we've killed just uh, just for the any anybody that knows what's up. Uh, One hundred fifty eight uh, Bissell demons with no whip drop. Sadly, dang, that's tough. Well, at least at least you got to you know spend some time talking about. A very influential game. So, Seth, we appreciate you coming on. It was a great time. We hope, uh, we we hope you had as much fun as we did. That was awesome. I appreciate you guys having me. Uh, definitely, you know, I don't see why a RuneScape Part Two is not somewhere on the horizon. So, you know, it'd always be great to have you back as well. So, yeah. Well, one thing that I leave it off for potential further discussions in the road of head. Uh, one of my friends really into crypto trading, whatever you want to feel about that, agree with it, disagree with it. Uh, he uh, relates it. One of the best things he says, he goes, you know, stocks and crypto uh, can best be related to uh, the RuneScape stock market within how items can fluctuate in value. You know, a sword might be worth uh, 60 million GP today and zero tomorrow. And uh, that is that an interesting concept to relate it to, you know? Hundred percent. Learned a lot of life lessons from RuneScape. <laughs> exactly. Like bronze, yeah. you make get bronze from copper and tin, and you understand oh. the value items as people want them or don't give a shit about them. Exactly. Something's only worth what somebody is willing to pay for. I definitely learned some weird knowledge about minerals that most elementary school <laughs> kids probably didn't know. <laughs> Like how coal and iron make steel. Also, every time I use the word adamant, uh, I always think of RuneScape. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. Oh, well, well, guys, it's been a great time. 
And uh, we're going to wrap up this episode. But like I said, Seth, always great to have you. Luke, yep. always a pleasure. And uh, hopefully in another two weeks, two or three, you know, Luke and I will be back right on here and talking yep. about stuff. And uh, maybe maybe uh, in like three years from now, I'll, I'll have my uh, my Slayer cape. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, I, the rising suns are now setting.